All right, D Wood, how you doing, man? Um, this is a look. Uh, this is a little. I've, it seems I'm using this podcast to just give people advice when um, when it's not scheduled. You know, when it's not. You know, when, when I'm kind of giving it away rather than when I'm charging folk for it. Um, but here's the thing. You know, if anyone was paying for my advice, the same advice. This ain't the watered down channel. This is just where I hide it because not many people see it. You know, it only goes out to those people who found it. And um, when I send it to you, know that this is as good as advice as I'd give if you are paying me 2000 an hour. But here it is for free. So D. Wood, um, motivational speaker from the USA who's asked me for some advice about maybe coming to Australia. So I checked out your stuff, man. Um, let me just tell you this. Many promoters wouldn't, um, you know, because we are inundated. Here's, here's the problem that any one of the, you know, any up-and-come speaker, anyone who wants to be a speaker, um, the problem you're facing as a talented speaker is the talent of being a good speaker with good content, unfortunately is not the thing that is of, that's in scarce supply, all right? Now, I'm not saying that it's not valuable. What I'm saying, though, is, you know, it just popped into my head that water is probably one of the most valuable things on Earth, but because it's everywhere, we take it for granted and we don't value it. So we get, as a promoter who does any sort of high-profile events, I probably get two a day requests from speakers wanting to speak at my event. Now, my big ones, I have like spots for about five speakers um, per event, and I do one event every six months, maybe one event a year, because I've already filled up the other spots with speakers that I want to work with. I have dreams. I have goals. I want to work with Eric, Eric Thomas, and I've had the honor for the last five years of doing just that. I want to work with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've had the honor for the last three years of doing that. So I have these spots that are my dreams to to fill with my heroes. And I love the fact that I've got some techniques and some tactics right that I get to tick that box a whole lot of times. Um, so I'm left with a few spots that need to, and here's the thing with those spots, those spots need to do something for the event outside of delivering good content. Delivering good content is just like having a good set of football shoes. You know, I'm talking to D. Wood over in the States, having a good set of, of, of J's. You can get a good set of J's, a good set of basketball shoes, by saving up a few dollars, but it's pretty easy. There's no, having a good set of J's does not make you Michael Jordan, or does not make you Kobe. Um, I was just at an event with E.T. in Atlanta, and the only example of NFL football I could think of was William the Refrigerator Perry. And they were all laughing at me because it was such an old school example of success. But you know what I mean? Anyone can buy a football. Not everyone can be the fridge. But a better, more current example. Not everyone can be Kobe just because you own a basketball. And that's the unfortunate reality that many speakers don't want to hear. Is that many speakers, because they've done so much work, passion and effort into what they've got to say that they value that and they expect the world to value that. It's the unfortunate truth, man, that I'm a speaker too, bud, and there is no one who's ever, well, rarely, they are lately, but in the early days of my speaking thing, and no one ever, no matter how much I hustled and grind and asked, no one ever gave me, gave me a speaking spot on my stage. That's why I learned the skills to be able to find speaking opportunities myself. You know, I believe the best thing for me to advise you, uh, David, um, D. Wood, I like you, I like you, it's like my, my mate David Rock, uh, who works for Gary V over in New York City. Um, his name's David Rock, right? But 
uh, uh, Gary V started calling him D Rock, and now D Rock is famous as crap around the world, man. So, um, uh, yeah, so D Rock, D Wood, I appreciate it, man. You should do an episode where you meet Dave. I tell you, it's easier to meet D Rock than it is to meet Gary. Now, it's not, it's not super easy to meet D Rock because D Rock's famous now, but you can tweet out D Rock and say, hey, man, my name's David Wood, I'm D Wood. Um, our, our mutual, you know, I don't know if you remember Glenn Twiddle from Australia, but he came to VaynerMedia, he hung out, you were awesome to him, and he said that, uh, now you can't do this in a tweet, man, you've got to just somehow get the communication going, find D-Rock's email address or something, send him a video, because that'd be a cool little video that you can D-Rock, D-Rock meets D-Wood, um, interesting, so, but, getting back to it, I'm a speaker myself, but now I'm a promoter. Why am I a promoter? It's not because I want to be a promoter. It's not because I want the pain of having to put an audience together and beg an audience or really pay for an audience because running an event costs insane amounts of money. So I do, I do these events as the promoter. Why? Because I want an audience to speak to and no one else was going to give me one. Right? No one else, no matter how good my content is. Because being a successful speaker that has an audience flock to them, like a Gary Vaynerchuk, like a Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a, um, a Richard Branson, like a uh, Eric Thomas, is like being a rock star. Lots of people learn how to play guitar. Lots of people learn how to play guitar. One in whatever, get to be John Bon Jovi, get to be Richie Sambora, get to be a rock star. You get to have thousands of people line up. Now, there are rock stars in this country, in Australia, that are well-known, famous rock stars. And yet, when they put on a live event in a city, 300 people might come. You know, it's not like thousands. Just because there's a, there's a couple of bands that have had hit, hit, hit singles, um, you know, over the years. And yet, I've turned up to gigs, and there's been 250 people in that little bar. You know, I think, wow, it is not easy to get a crowd to come out to a live event to see anything not speaking not you know like like to get an audience to be compelled to do anything is a much easier said than done but because we spent so much time learning how to in inverted commas metaphorically play guitar because we spent 10 years honing our craft of learning how to play the right chords and play really well, we assume the audience, just because we're putting on an event, would want to come and see us play. And that's just not the case. So that's the reason I became a promoter. That's the reason why I started to assemble audiences of my own. So my advice, bud, would be... Now, here's the other thing I'd ask. I can't answer this, but I can hypothesize a few things that you've said to me. Um... You sent me some videos of yours and on YouTube, and unless they're private videos, they're not. I, I wouldn't have your site set on Australia as yet. All right, so you've you've got some study that you've told me that you're doing. So you've honed your craft, you've got some learnings, and you've got some content. And now you're wanting to build your brand. My advice to you would be not to emulate ET's success by coming down to Australia. And again, I was the one who brought him down to Australia. Um, not because I'm, you know, I didn't throw E an olive branch. E threw me a bone by coming down to Australia on, on what E calls the homie discount, right? He, uh, he, he looked after me, um, you know, which was wonderful. So I'm honored that I'm got to be doing some stuff over the years with E. And, you know, he's like my brother, you know, I just flew to Atlanta. For no other reason, no money, I just flew to Atlanta from Australia and I paid my way to get there. 
just to spend a couple of hours with E at a little thing that he was doing, just to hang out. Right, so that's the level of respect I've got for that guy. When Eric said, you know, CJ called me up and said, um, hey man, can you come and have a talk to our team? Because of course, you know, Eric's team, they see E every day. So there's the specialness that E has in all of us. Of course, they acknowledge that he's special, but it's also just like brother E, you know, he's so close to them. So when E needs a motivational speaker for his own team, I'm honored that one year, a couple of years ago, E called me in. I flew across the country, I flew across the world to get to Michigan, to drive an hour out to Lansing, Michigan, to speak for a couple hours with Eric's team. I didn't charge him a dime. In fact, I booked my flight before they could change their mind because I wanted to do it. Man, that's like Michael Jordan saying, hey man, can you come and help me with shoot some free throws? Holy shit. You get your butt on a plane and you go do it, right? So I did that and... Um, uh, and so, yeah, so it's an honor. But what I'm sort of saying is, is that, where was that? I was at build your own audience. Yeah, so if you want to kind of duplicate that success. Oh, yeah, that's where my advice was. I wouldn't start. When I brought Eric down to Australia, that was after he had been doing this for 20 years, right? And he was already starting to blow up, meaning I found him after that, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe video, blew up. Right, So then I started listening and consuming his content. And then he made me, through that content, fall in love with him. So once the promoter fell in love with him, which I did, I realized he had a big enough audience that I could probably justify the expense of getting Eric to come out because enough of audience members would come to help me pay the bill. But I still mortgaged my house to do that, man. I mortgaged my house. I ended up selling the house because I broke even on the thing, but I ended up selling a house to make that happen. Um, I then ended up, you know, it ended up breaking even. It was good. So we've done it every year, uh, pretty, pretty much every year since we skipped one year, uh, two years ago or last year. Yeah. Cause I spent all my money with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> not, not only that, he got so busy that, um, it just worked to skip 2017. We've done every year other than that since five years. Um, so it's been cool, but know that he didn't start in year one of his career thinking about Australia. Not year two of his career, not year three, not year 10. 20 years into his speaking career did his first international trip happen, right? So what I would suggest for you, Dave, is D. Wood. I love that name, man, D. Wood. I would suggest, bud, build a local, hyper-local following to make sure, it's like, you know, you're Bon Jovi. You don't go on the first album you ever do. You don't go and try and win over Switzerland. You get a following in New Jersey that love you, right? So wherever your city is, there's no cost in that. You just start putting on events. You start recording those events. Instead of those, like those videos you've got, look, they're good. You know, there's some good content. I had to listen to a little bit of them. I love the one where you're talking to the kids. That's magnificent. If you can talk to a freaking grade four kid, you're good with an adult, right? So that was good. We need to do that every single day. Right? Find someone to talk to and document like at least once a week. Find an audience, make an audience, run meetup groups, build a following that you just have to beg people to come to every single week or every month or whatever. Build a local following that'll cost you less. You can do it through a great tried and true marketing technique called the begging technique. Everyone you meet on the thing, you start building it like a church, like a preacher builds a church. Right, You build a local following. When you build a local following, you'll soon find out whether you've got what it takes to do it. 
you know? So um, there's some food for thought. Because what does a promoter like me? Look, me, I've actually got heart, I do, and I've got empathy, and I, that's why I'm spending 15 minutes giving you this instructional, this video, right? Um, because I care. Most promoters wouldn't do this. Most people in my position wouldn't do this, but I do because I do care. But I also know that this is the right advice, that reaching out wherever you can. Sure, hey, you might get someone who cracks, man. You know what I'd probably rather recommend? Rather than reach out to promoters, maybe reach out to people with podcasts. And even if they're not A-plus podcasts, like let me just promise you this, Joe Rogan ain't going to have you on too quick, right? But what about some of the other podcasts that have been created in Eric's environment? Um, like one of those podcast people reached out to me and asked me to be on. I can't remember what it was called, but she was an Eric Thomas student. She was a lovely lady. Um, it was, it might have been the high school dropout podcast or something. So start reaching out to those B level podcasts, those C level podcasts and do a podcast every day. There's so many of them. Do a podcast every single day. You might have to apply for 10 podcasts a day in order to get one person to say yes. So start to build a local following, doing what you can do free and cheap. Don't worry about, I mean, like I said, reach out to 100 promoters, even internationally, and, and you might get someone like me say, yeah, if you can get here, i got 10 minutes for you. Well, that might, that might be worth it. What if a promoter did say, yeah, man, I'll give you 10 minutes. I've got an event coming up. I'll give you 10 minutes. I need an MC, and I need an MC for 10 minutes. Would you fly to the other side of the world for a 10-minute speaking spot? That's the thing. That's what you've got to ask yourself. If the answer is no, then stop talking to other than just to make little connections like this. Of course, that's cool. But don't think that any, like don't have your expectations set on having a goal being in Australia in any way in the short term. Make it 20 years from now as a goal. That'd be realistic for sure. Now, I'm also not saying don't set your sights high. You know, if you wanted to do a speaking gig in Australia, cool. I'll give you a speaking spot. August 18, uh, August 12th. The headliner is George St. Pierre. If you don't know him, Google him. He's like the he's like the Michael Jordan of mixed martial arts. His name is George St. Pierre from Montreal, Canada. I have a um, I have a one day event that I'm speaking at uh, that that I'm running in August 12, 2018, and I'm hereby offering David Wood a speaking spot at that. It is 20 minutes long. Now here's the thing: you're getting all fired up right now. You should be because I'm genuine. I'm offering you a speaking spot. Here's the problem. Each of, I have to pay GSP a multiple six-figure sum to get him down here, right? Multiple six figures. So what that means is through ticket sales and other sources of revenue, I have to cover about $200,000 to break even, right? So that doesn't happen with just people paying to the, come to the conference. doesn't happen like that. Each speaking spot has to justify its existence in financial terms. So how does GSP justify his multiple six-figure expense? Well... He's the reason that a whole bunch of people are coming and buying tickets. So maybe GSP, out of his 200 grand, 80 to 100 grand of that is because people come and pay, buy ticket sales. Not even think it'll be that. It'll be about 600 people at $80. What's that work out at? 600 people at $80. That's 50 grand that he's going to generate in that revenue. And there'll be about 50 people that'll pay 500 bucks to meet him. So that'll be about, you know, another. 30 grand, what's 50 times 500? It's whatever it is. Have a look at the website, you'll see. But do the maths. It's not even going to add up to anywhere near break even. What that means is all the other speakers in their spot, in some way, shape, or form, have to cover their slice of the expenses. So what that is, that's six grand US, it's about nine grand a Australian. About six grand US, you can have a 20 minute spot, right? So therein lies the reality of the speaking business. And I'm talking about the business now. I'm not talking about the art. 
the art is up to you. You've got to be good. You've got to figure out how to be able to play the guitar like a freaking rock star. My job is to make the business work so that we've all got a audience in front of which to speak. And that's kind of how the maths works out. So what I'm saying is, but don't rely on other people to do what I've just offered you. And by the way, it's a genuine offer. You hit me up, man. If you're in, you're in. Call me. Let's do it. But... Not every beginning speaker's got six grand sitting there to buy their speaking spot, plus travel, plus accommodation. You've got to do all that yourself, right? Not every, see, when ET, when I bring him down and I pay him his fees and I cover his expenses, why do I do that? Because every person in that audience is there to see ET. When David Wood comes down, as much as I love you, brother, and I can't wait till David Wood 2025, who's heeded my advice, has broke through, who maybe then sells me a speaking spot in America for 20 minutes, and by the way, I'll pay it in front of a thousand people that are there to see you. Dude, I hope you give me a shout out and say, this is the advice Glenn gave me 10 years ago. It was good advice because I thought it was all about the speaking. It's not. It's all about the maths. And the speaking is just one cog in, in that chain. So, um, so some advice I'd give based on those principles. It's build a local following based on what you can control. And you know what you can control? The amount of people you speak to in a day by any means necessary. The amount of DMs you can send locally so that if they're local and you beg, there's a half a chance they'll come to your first little meetup event where you've got a little coffee shop that you pay nothing for and you put 40 people in that coffee shop and you run a little event for 40 people. You know, you talk to the kid, the parents of those of those grade four kids you spoke to, and you beg those forty. Now, of course, you don't have it with begging energy; you have it with a genuine, beautiful, heartfelt energy. But you talk to those forty parents of those forty kids, and you try and get ten of them to come to your next event to help them set a better example for their kids by learning a few things or whatever. Right? You just do what you can to build. My first event had twelve people in it, twelve, and they came because I just begged. Right? I used the begging method technique to get 12 people to come to my first event. One person ended up becoming a coaching client that I coached for free. Right? That's it. That's how it worked. I put on a little event. One person became a coaching client. I coached them for free. They got good results from my coaching, and I got a great testimonial, and I milked that testimonial like a freaking madman. Right? They said, Glenn was great. You know, Glenn helped me put more money in my pocket. Glenn did this. Glenn did that. Milked that forever. Then I did my next event. I think I had about 50 at my next event, again through the begging technique. And with that, I got one, I made $12,000 at my second event. It was a 12,000, because I brought in another speaker. I made $12,000. With that $12,000, I gave it straight back to that speaker who came and spoke. He was ready to give me a $12,000 cash. A little commission on me putting 50 people in front of him, him training them, and some people wanting to do some further education with him. Based on that deal, he was going to give me 12 grand. I said, keep the 12, teach me how to do what you do. And he did. He gave me a program that was a year long. It was a group mentoring program of his for 12 grand. He paid me, I paid him that out of earnings that I didn't pay in cash. You know what I mean? I paid him in the money he was going to give me. Then I went and did another couple of events and I ended up making a few more dollars and he had a $50,000 program, same speaker. He had a $50,000 program that was a spend a week with me and then I'll support you for a year but it's the face-to-face component was a week spend a week with me and I'll teach you everything I know right I'll literally put you under my wing and I will make you into me which he did 
I paid him $50,000, which was my commission on the next couple of events. I paid him 50 grand for that. And over the course of the next decade, I did become him. I'm now probably more well-known in today's market than him because he's kind of retired now. Uh, but he's multimillionaire. He's happy as that. He's proud of me. And I'm freaking honored to that, that he's been a mentor of mine in that part of the world. See, if ET's my mindset mentor and my, just my spiritual guide and all of that, this guy was my rubber on the road marketing and, you know, um, grounded business mentor kind of thing. So um, that was kind of the reality of it, man. And it all worked out exactly the way it was supposed to because I did the work. And yeah, so anyway, based on that, here's what you got to do. Start where I started, man. Get 12 people in a room and record it. Right? That, that recording, that one-day training for 12 people that I think I charged either nothing for or $20 or something, I might have charged 20 bucks so I could pay for the $300 room, you know, maybe. Uh, I trained them all day. I recorded it. Guess what? That training became my first product because I had a camera at the back of the room that I just pushed record on. That became my first product. I probably still got it somewhere. Um, that's step one for you, man. If you've already got it, great. Keep doing the daily vlogs. Although I'd rather with a vlog, instead of you looking at a camera, I'd rather have a cameraman, another mate, just put a mate there with your iPhone and get him recording you sitting down and teaching someone else, you know? Like, don't just have it you looking at the camera. Um, yeah, have it you, because that gives social proof. That means someone else is listening to your guidance. All right, man, there's a 20-minute class I've given you to get you started and um yeah now i've now that i've put that down on on tape that'll be my my go-to lesson whenever anyone kind of wants some help really at, at starting day one of a speaking career because man you got some charisma you definitely got that probably talk a little bit too fast as i do i know i've got to slow down and i do when i'm in front of an audience so on your videos you probably talk a little bit too fast try and tap into some more emotion Rather, but that'll come with experience, man. It's all good. When you can afford it, maybe do ET's Game Changers program. ET has a Will Make You uh, a Great Speaker program. I don't know if you're not already a part of that. Maybe consider it because it's awesome. Don't know how much they charge, but whatever ET charges is worth it because he's freaking, he's a saint, that human. <laughs> so anyway, there's some food for thought, Dave. I hope that was of some help. And uh, man... Let me know your thoughts on what I've said. And please, if you've hated everything I've said, man, please don't curse at me. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm trying to give you the, the dose of reality that, um, that many speakers kind of need um, who are in love with what it is they do. And not that that's a bad thing, right? I'm in love with my content. ET is clearly in love with his content. But if you're in love with your content to the detriment of your willingness to acknowledge that everyone's in love with their content, just like everyone who can play guitar relatively well, respects and loves the fact that they know how to play whatever song they can play, but they're not all rock stars. You know what I'm saying? You need to have something else in order to be called in by promoters to speak on their stages. I didn't have that. Still don't, I would say. So, uh, look, I'm getting some calls in now, so fair enough. I've kind of, I've went the backwards way though. I built my own massive stage. Thousands of people come to see me every year, right? Not to see me. No, no, they come to my events every year. But it's not even to see me, or at least it wasn't. It was to see the events that I put on that I paid to make happen that are only one tiny part me. But I'm the guy who puts it on. I'm the promoter. I'm the, you know, I'm not Hulk Hogan. I'm Vince McMahon, 
don't know if the wrestling analogy works. Hulk Hogan was the performer. Vince McMahon was the guy who owned the company. So, you know, I don't drive a Porsche. I own the Porsche company. Maybe I don't know if that's a good example either, but because um, I'm, 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 not, I'm also I'm not as mega rich as the the performers. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, look, there's the best analogy I can find, man. Is um, I built the audience. I then get to speak in front of that audience for myself because that's what I wanted to do in the first place. I'm a speaker, but then I also use that audience to pay for the big headliners and the big which grows the audience. And it's all a nice little um, formula. So, man, I tell you, 25 minutes in, I've never given anyone out my business um, uh, to that degree. But there it is for you, man. So I hope that makes some sense. And like I said, if you've hated that advice, man, please just call me an idiot and um, and, and and actually yeah, call me an idiot to yourself. But please don't tell me because I love good feedback. I don't want to be yelled at, man. That's my truth. It doesn't have to be your truth either doesn't have to be your truth. You can keep going the way you are and keep asking promoters and God damn it, I would love it if you called me up in a year and say, man, I, I, I said, screw you to your advice. I called Oprah and Oprah said yes and put me on her TV show and man, now I'm blowing up. So screw you. You know that, you know what? As much as I'd hate to be told screw you, that'd be pretty cool freaking phone call for you to make to me. But I don't want you to have to rely on Oprah. I don't want you to rely on anyone. You know, I don't rely on anyone to feed me. I made it happen myself. So, all right, man, I'm going to go. Thanks, d -Wood. Thanks for letting me kind of rant and rave at you, bud. hope that's helpful. All right, man, might be helpful for you. Might be helpful for... Look, I'll, if you do want to, please don't share this mega publicly. But if you've got another speaker that needs this rant, um, if this is helpful to you, man, man, you can, you can share this to a friend. Only to a close friend, though, you know what I mean? Someone who you really care about. Because I've just given you my entire business model, bud. Oh, man, I'll talk to you soon. See you later, bud.